1: Welcome all to the greatest show of them all, the NFC East Mixtape. Baby, you can listen to this show wherever you get your NFC East blog podcast across the SB Nation universe. You can also watch it on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the blog and the boys YouTube channel. Uh, if you do, you will see, hear, read, smell, perhaps uh, the stylings of myself. I'm Arjo Joe from from Blogging the Boys. He is Brandon Lee Gotten from Bleeding Green Nation. BLG, what is your favorite smell?
2: we're definitely in trouble if the listeners can smell us but uh favorite smell i remember distinctly being in the rose garden in portland oregon which by the way oh great call of. yeah and uh it just smelled so beautiful there i mean like that makes sense it's roses but i didn't like actively think about that going into it like it just smelled so great Right. That's a great answer. Great spot to visit if you're ever in the Portland
1: area. Um, I'm sure our friend Justice Mosqueda has been there uh, many a times. Yes, Bear. Um, I was going to say cinnamon rolls. Um, there's nothing like, you know, the smell of cinnamon rolls in the house just kind of flowing through everything. Your answer was a lot more pure than mine,
2: I'll say. I have a time-sensitive plug I wanted to get out at the top of the podcast. RJ, are you okay with that? Uh, is it for cinnamon right. rolls? So... Uh... Tonight, as of this posting, which should be Wednesday, September 6th, going to be at Wrong Crowd Beer Company in Westchester, PA, with Jimmy kemsky uh, RJ, you will not be there because you're in Texas, but uh, if you happen to be listening to the mixtape and you want to come hang out with one half of the show and also Jimmy Kemsky, you can hang out with us on Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern in Westchester, PA. Just wanted to put that out there in case any last-minute uh, listeners wanted to know about it, didn't know about it. Uh, more details on bleeding There you go. Um, Jimmy is a part of the NFC East mixtape
1: universe. He has a song on the playlist. So, I mean, you know, you can yep. ask him about that. You can ask him about his thoughts, uh, about the Cowboys. If you'd like, I'm sure he has a lot because he's an Eagles fan and the Cowboys live rent free in, in the minds of Eagles fans. Um, Brandon, it's week one. We did it. We made mm-hmm. it. This is why we lifted all those weights. What do you mean? You don't remember the Bill Parcells quote uh, where he's like coaching no. up the Giants? You've never seen that quote? It's like a really uh, famous NFL Films quote. He's he's yelling at the Giants defenders um, on the sideline, uh, coaching them up, obviously, in the 80s. And he's like, this is why you lift all them weights. Um, i do a horrible Bill Parcells, but like that's such a cool line. So this is why we lifted all the offseason weights to get right here.
2: It is potentially exciting for non-Eagles fans here. The last week that the Eagles could be in the top spot, at least for some time, Uh, since it is for those who don't know, we do the NFC I- mixtape in order in terms of division standings carrying over from the previous season. Mm-hmm. So there's opportunity for things to change.
1: I would say there's a 99% likelihood that things will change because the Cowboys and Giants are playing one another and unless they tie. Um, and the Eagles also win their game. Um, it will be the Cowboys or Giants who lead the discussion next week. Uh, but that's a next week conversation. Obviously, we're here this week, and the Eagles still hold the right as reigning NFC East champions. They are looking to become the first since themselves uh, 19 years ago to repeat as NFC East winners. Uh, we're in the time where everyone is offering up their divisional picks and conference picks and Super Bowl picks and MVPs and all sorts of stuff. In fact, I did that um, on Tuesday uh, with Mark Schofield and JP Acosta on Monday Football Monday. Um, um, they both picked just the Eagles to win the Tuesday. NFC East. Yeah, it was. Uh, they both picked the Eagles to win the NFC East. I've seen a lot of Eagles Cowboys NFC Championship game picks. I think a lot of people really want to see that. We were obviously very close last year. Dallas couldn't
2: live up to their end of the bargain. Uh, that sounds but, devastating. Um, <laughs> just, just like I mean, it'd be great for a lot of reasons, but also just like having to oh, finish the season like that just isn't it would the be worst scenario. It would That's be worse incredible than losing the Super Bowl
1: yeah for any Cowboys or Eagles fan, it would be incredible if your team won it. You know what I mean, but like sure. if your team lost that game, it would be one of the worst losses in your lifetime like there's yeah. no doubt about it uh so yeah, I also think that sounds, and I think you agree that sounds terrible for you and me from a work perspective. that would be I don't know that we would ever sleep like it would be a very, very long week,
2: yeah, it would be and uh, then I maybe wondered, that's what you. The, be too much juice ahead of the super bowl you know what i mean like there's so Mm. much juice for that game is there any juice left for the super bowl at that point um speaking of super bowl 57 is on nfl
1: network right now how did that game in uh let's turn on and see let's find out (laughs) um well no one knows um uh, the field looks great right now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, sure uh, so, uh, anyway. Um, okay, so let's get to week one. Um, our kind of regular season format, is we discuss normally what has happened uh, for these games or for these teams, rather. Obviously, we're not quite there yet, so it's a lot of previewing, lots of previewing happening, of course, all throughout. Uh, these places. So make sure to check out Bleeding Green Nation, Blog on the Boys, Big Blue View, Hogs Haven, because every team is super pumped and super gassed, obviously, for the regular season to begin. Brandon, the Philadelphia Eagles begin on the road against the New England Patriots. Uh, mm. I I think we said this at the time. What a horrible pick for the Patriots to honor Tom Brady. Why would you pick the team that he lost the Super Bowl to? Like, obviously, he's lost multiple. Well, but like, like you know, like you would you would think that you would pick the Falcons, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you w- don't pick one of the lowest you know moments of the tom brady you know whatever granted they did beat the eagles in a super bowl as well uh but anyway whatever can the eagles overcome the tom brady power that will be at foxborough
2: i definitely think that gives the stadium some extra juice i don't think that's nothing at the same time i look at this patriots roster and which play it's my classic game of which player on the roster really scares you you know you can say certainly matthew judon coming off a great season he's certainly someone you have to account for um outside of that i mean are there a lot of names here are you really scared of Devontae parker at this point i mean you're gonna bring up juju but juju was like not even good in the super bowl um, i'm surprised that we haven't we haven't seen the juju uh story at least you know i i really
1: anticipated that Obviously, at the time, I didn't know when the game was going to be, but I anticipated that when the game would ultimately happen, that somebody, and granted, its we're recording this on Tuesday, so it's not like players have yeah. spoken yet, um, but I really thought that somebody would have brought up the Valentine's Day joke and how he just kind of was well, clapping endlessly. That will be coming up tomorrow, I'm sure, as in today, Wednesday. <laughs> Well, that's all I really care about. I just want to see the the like reaction and then the Eagles locker room reaction. That's really all I want. Um, but I mean, he's not a great player right now. It's I mean, yeah. like Mac Jones. I mean, isn't this list? Zeke <laughs> Elliott. That's true. Uh, it'd be so funny if Zeke had like 150 yards in this game. That would be amazing. Funny. I, would I mean, I like
2: that. I like Armandre Stevenson. He's Certainly, I think someone who might be more popular in fantasy or better in fantasy than necessarily reality. Nice player, but like, yeah, not like a game breaker or anything. I feel like I've been higher on Mac Jones relative like throughout his career relative to everyone else. But I mean, again, I still think there's a ceiling there that you're not really intimidated intimidated by as much as I think he can be functional. But I say that I think one of the biggest storylines heading into this week one game is the Patriots offensive line is not in great shape. They just put Riley reef on IR Um, from left to right. They're looking at Trent Brown, Cole strange, David Andrews, Mike Winnanew, and Calvin Anderson up front. Uh, That's on our lads. And I feel like there's just reading some of the Patriots coverage and their beat writers and everything and checking out Pat's pulpit. there's still like some uncertainty too. And also a lot of that group hasn't necessarily been able to spend time with each other in training camp because there's been injuries and stuff. So, I mean, if we're just going to oversimplify this and say, how do things look in the trenches? I mean, advantage Eagles. And that's kind of a big deal.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I I don't I don't know what area of this game I'd give the advantage to New England. I mean, maybe coaching. If you're, you know, I know people are down on Bill Belichick right now, but like if you're, you know what I mean. If you're giving the like benefit of the doubt to Bill Belichick, and there's a lot of pressure, why obviously. Should why should we? Well, I'm not saying you should. <laughs> I'm, not I'm just, but like, why should we? I mean, I would offer because he's the greatest coach of
2: all time. That would be why, but since not having the best quarterback of all time, I
1: agree with you uh, to be clear. I'm just answering the question, but I mean, so it's been three years now without Tom Brady and they were a playoff team one of those years, but um, it has, it has not looked great. It has not ever felt smooth. Um, It has not ever been seamless. It has always kind of just been difficult and awkward and, you know, like, like, they they're getting by the hair of their chinny chin chin sort of thing um so i agree so like again that would be the only way i could give them an advantage was to say well bill belichick is the goat so like he gets the edge over nick sirianni but uh the eagles are the better roster uh they're the more aggressive team and i i mean this i'm there are certain teams that i'm really interested to see um i don't want to say proof of concept but like who they are like the the patriots are one of those teams this year with the offensive you know regeneration with Bill O'Brien if you believe in that being a thing you know what I mean I don't but there are some people who do I mean so maybe that would be like the one kind of calling card for them is that Bill O'Brien does revive this offense and it's somewhat passable no pun intended and that would be what that's the that's their path to victory
2: this is my point but it's a very mm-hmm. very small likelihood certainly better than having Matt Patricia Eagle's defensive assistant uh, as the lots of revenge angles in this game offensive coordinator well it's also you know a double agent angle potentially i was talking about this with my friend um alex who lives in boston not a not a patriots fan he actually moved from detroit anyway um but like we were he used to be so he used to be he's a lions fan which is why we were talking about it you know patricia used to be the lions head coach of course and we were like how funny would it be like it'd be so funny if like the Eagles lose this game and Patricia just like quit and like, like, rejoin weird. the Patriots. Like as someone who would be like, obviously mad about that in terms of hurting the Eagles. I still think that'd be very objectively it would, just funny. It's like, like it would, is, I would, you would have to like respect the troll. You know what I mean? Like you would so have to be like, well It's just like, not even, not um, even hiding it.
1: Uh, but anyway, so, so Well, it's on, the first uh, game with Patricia and Darius Slay operating on the same team again um like i said the revenge angle for patricia revenge angle if you want to call it revenge for zeke like not revenge but like he you know whatever he knows the eagles blah 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 um i'm trying to think i guess the juju element if you put anything into that i feel like i'm the only person who mildly
2: cares but um, i think james bradbury would love to shut the juju down i think he's certainly motivated by the i don't
1: my take on the, the like the James Bradbury side of it was he, he was he always seemed way more even keeled than anybody else. Uh, like in since that's that why he, like
2: going after him is really bizarre. Like he's right. Never, he's not even like a trash talker. It's like you're picking on the guy who literally is quiet and minding his own business. Like what are you doing? What's the point of that?
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. Like I don't know. Like I think James Bradbury's like you want to fight? Okay, fine. You know what I mean? Like it, it. would be one thing if like he had been like lamenting it and being like this was a horrible call and then yeah. You know, if, and then if Juju had like whatever. Right. Uh but it so was kind
2: of
1: Yeah, it felt like Juju just wanted to troll. Um He's not a controller so, dude. Um whatever, but the as of this moment you mentioned it's Tuesday for us. It's currently uh 3:17 Eastern at this moment. The Patriots are, excuse me, the Eagles are four-point favorites, according to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. I'll take that. Uh, I know we're going to make our picks. um, In case anybody doesn't know, we do another show together on the SB Nation NFL show feed that comes out on Fridays called TGI Football with our buddy Steven Serta. So we'll pick every game uh, against the spread as well, and we'll see if this line moves between now and then. Uh, But I'll take the Eagles. And I will say, and I know you know this, um, but it's an important you know, a few days or a week coming up for the Eagles with the Thursday night game against the Vikings. So, got to get off to a hot start because you immediately go into short week. You can get through the next, well, now, what is it? Nine days, 10 days, whatever. 2-0. and Like, that's such a positive start to the season, but that starts with this particular game. I
2: feel like the line's a little low. I feel like you would expect it to be higher, right? I Isn't gu- that fair I guess- to say?
1: If you had asked me to guess, I would have said 6.5.
2: Yeah, I would say like five and a half, maybe somewhere yeah. around there. Know, like full, like seven is, you know, you're basically predicting like a blowout on the road, which isn't tough. It's week one; weird things can happen. Week one, I think there is a little bit of benefit of the doubt being baked in here at Belichick. But as I mentioned, resume post Tom Brady not so great. That one playoff game that they made, they got blown out forty-seven to seventeen <laughs> by the, by the, the Bills
1: big. when they were like super hot. To be Josh clear, but like that's per- true. He
2: literally had like a perfect game. Josh Allen was like flawless in that game. He was twenty twenty-five and five touchdowns um yeah i don't know i'm just i'm over the patriots mystique at this point um mac jones again i think if you give him a support system in place i think maybe he could be like jared goff at like his ceiling he could give you something like that but he does not have that kind of of support system in new england you know i think the patriots are going to try to run the ball a lot um you know keep the eagles off the offense off the field and whatnot uh the, one of some of the best players i said on the patriots you know you're talking about um their edge rush and everything matthew judon like the eagles have the offensive line to kind of neutralize that so um yeah i i just don't really other than like week 1 weirdness the eagles kind of uh smelling themselves too much i don't really see the football matchups here that are just so in favor of the patriots i feel pretty good about the eagles winning this game and covering um i agree with you
1: um I mean, there are teams that come out of nowhere, right? Maybe the Patriots do, you know what I mean? And maybe like at the end of the season, we're looking back like, oh, how did anybody doubt this team,
2: blah, blah, blah. But uh, for now, I don't think there's any reason to pick against the Eagles. 2-0 under Sirianni, by the way, in week one games, small sample size. But they, they came out hot both times, too, for all like the criticism about how, oh, they're not even playing the starters in the preseason games and they're barely practicing, blah, blah, blah. That's never been like a slow start kind of issue. I know the Lions game last year ended up being close, but the Eagles got out to like a big lead in that game. And the the same thing in the Falcons game in 2021, like they started hot in both of those games. So there's, you can't even be like, well, what if they start slow? I I don't, I don't see the evidence of that.
1: I remember uh, during the Lions game last year, I had a tweet that ultimately wound up aging incredibly poorly. I mean, I was trolling. Um, I think I'm better at it than Juju. Uh, But at one point, I'm, maybe Jalen Hurts started off 0 for 5 passing or at one point he had five straight incompletions whether it was to start the game or not wow. um and I remember tweeting what a at that, disaster yeah I remember tweeting like I mean again I was just having fun but I remember tweeting like Jalen Hurts is 0 for 5 or whatever it was if he's missed his last five throws whatever like again whatever the sequence was and then like poof, like one of the like all-time great seasons like it was just like a really funny uh sort of um direction um that I I chose to spit in um so I bet um okay so we're both taking the Eagles um like we said Eagles Vikings next week on Thursday Night Football so um of course a quick turnaround for Philadelphia uh we only have three games to discuss this week because as we move now to the Cowboys uh who would be second in our conversation uh they're playing the team who would be third in the conversation in the New York Giants Dallas visiting New York um, on Sunday night football Eagles play at noon, right. Or 1 PM Eastern. Is that correct? No, it's, it's a four o'clock game. Okay. Four o'clock games. Excuse me. Uh, so you can go right from Eagles, uh, Patriots into Cowboys giants, of course. Uh, and the commanders play at noon. So you can get, you know, all there three windows know. covered, uh, by the NFC beast, uh, a name that we came up with. He came with anyway, that name, uh, uh, no one else
2: came, no one else is allowed to use that too. That's the other thing. Uh,
1: trademarked Dallas visiting yeah. New York, the line currently Dallas by three. It's um hopscotched a little bit, been three, three and a half, just kind of depending on when you've looked. Um, obviously, this is a, a week one Sunday night game that used to exist forever. Week one game that used to exist forever. Um, the Cowboys are four and six in their last 10 season openers, Brandon. Uh, all four of those wins are against the Giants. Uh, they are four and one. So half of their last 10 season openers have been against the Giants. The only loss was the first game of the Dak and Zeke era, that 2016 opener. Um, The Cowboys have visited the Giants in the season opener before. Uh, It was to start the 2012 season when New York hung their Super Bowl 46 banner. That actually was on a Wednesday night, not the, the traditional Thursday night because of I think it was the democratic national convention that was happening uh but anyway dallas won that game spoiled the party uh we haven't seen the cowboy starters kind of like we talked about with the eagles uh so it's the unveiling of that um the giants are obviously feeling themselves a little bit our buddy ed valentine who will be heard from um throughout this week on the blog on the voice side of
2: things is feeling daniel jones and the giants mm-hmm. uh your thoughts did you know rj that this giants and cowboys used to be one team during world war ii no i feel like that's that's your Steagles bit but it's like it always gets talked about how the giants and cowboys play a lot but then they're like no they don't actually do that as much but sure enough it is happening this year in week one why would you possibly give the giants the benefit of the doubt that's not to say they can't win but why would you possibly feel like this is gonna be different until you actually see it happen i've used that logic before with them the giants the eagles it's the same kind of logic against the cowboys there's many times where i've been watching a cowboys giants game typically pulling for the giants to come out on top and as i like to always say don't work for the tie it's dumb it's not first of all it's not a real thing in terms of like likelihood and second of all you want the superior team to lose because they're gonna have to lose at some point and, and that's gonna... the
1: that's the bigger threat. You want the bigger yeah. threat to lose. It's very they obvious.
2: always yeah. want the bigger threat to lose. Like I don't know how that's not more obvious. Than now it is. again. I, I'm told I hate that every time.
1: It's like, well, I, well I'm, I'm rooting for both teams to lose. Uh, okay, that's great. That's cool. Um, I agree with you on giving the Giants the benefit of the doubt. I'm very interested to see not giving um, them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, well. I mean, on the subject of giving them the benefit of the doubt, because I'm very interested to see. I think you know, if they look great, then okay, hey, like all the moves and you know, and everyone Jones...
2: can line up and apologize. But sure, until then, that... no
1: um this does feel like a game where
2: jalen hyatt's gonna have like a 64-yard touchdown or something first play of the game <laughs> chuck it out deep rj's Whoa. muted his microphone because Bear's chiming in he's really yeah. excited he's
1: worked up he's, well, he's
2: excited for week one
1: he is um this is i
2: don't know well uh, you give your thoughts I did I said I'm I'm not if I'm uh looking at this matchup I can't possibly take the Giants to win it if we're talking about okay what are some of the best matchups in the Giants favor um I do think it's interesting that Tyler Smith popped up in the injury report seemingly doesn't sound super
1: serious as as we sit right now um again on Tuesday afternoon Jerry Jones uh, began his bi-weekly radio interviews on Tuesday morning on 105 Through the Fan. He said they considered it to be minor. It was a hamstring issue, just to be clear. Um, So it's kind of a scary thing to hear out loud because you always kind of think of that as something that lingers. Uh, But, you know, again, Cowboys are saying everything is fine with Tyler Smith. Who would have ever thought he would have been uh, the first Smith, the first T-Smith to get hurt this Mm. season uh, in any capacity? Uh, But nevertheless... Um, that's true. Uh, Cowboys optimistic about Tyler Smith. Other than that, I mean, they haven't totally offered um, a ton on whether or not Donovan Wilson will like faux show play this game. If you recall, he was hurt at the beginning of training camp, but everybody's like he'll be fine for week one. Um, you have to wonder whether or not the Cowboys, you know, feel like they can maybe cheat life a little bit and keep him on ice. Um, he's not on the pup list or IR or anything, so uh, maybe he would be a game day inactive um but you know we'll see um but either way yeah i mean i'm i guess what i'm i'm nervous about darren waller yeah. but just what worries like, you
2: the most i guess heading darren into waller
1: matchup. and I, I mean i say jalen hyatt but this is i guess like sometimes it's scary to see things in action you know what i'm saying like we haven't seen stefan gilmore in action you know what i mean so like in theory i'm not worried about jalen hyatt because mm-hmm. i really trust the cowboys cornerback duel and i really trust deron blaine in the slot. Um so, I mean, I'm I'm just nervous about some of the better players on the Giants winning at some point, whether it be Darren Waller or Jalen Hyatt, whatever the case may be. I'm really anxious. Maybe that's the best word. I'm anxious about seeing the Cowboys offense and the Mike McCarthy led offense and Dak and Tony Pollard. We haven't seen them. You know what I mean? And CD and Michael Gallup and Brandon Cook's involved and the Jalen Tolbert experience taking off. Like, I'm just anxious. I believe in it. But, you know, it's, it's hard, to, you know it's easy to believe but it is also scary when it's time to like peel the plastic off your phone for the first time you know what i'm saying
2: so there's the scenario where it's business as usual cowboys kind of just have their way generally with the giants like they typically do I also think there's the scenario where okay let's paint that picture it's daniel jones comes out looking hotter than expected he hits a deep bomb to jalen Hyatt early in the game cowboys offense trying to run it with tony pollard and he just doesn't look totally the same He looks like he's hampered it's not really effective the Giants um defensive line which certainly in theory at least is good against the run it wasn't last year we'll see if they're better this year they tried to do some things to shore up the run by signing Bobby Okereke and um adding Sean Robinson and obviously Dexter Lawrence yeah yeah him back and you still have Leonard Williams uh maybe Kevon Thibodeau takes a leap maybe the, the Giants Uh, That defensive line, the run defense has really improved. They're putting a lot of pressure on Dak to pass the ball. Um, And it's like, it's a big question. Is this truly, you know, turning a new leaf for Dak from 2022 to 2023? Or is it more of the same player last year who certainly had some bad luck? But are there kind of some forced throws in there too? And, And just does it kind of, I think if it's like, I think if it gets uncomfortable early, For the Cowboys, I think maybe things start to unravel a little bit. Not in a way where they necessarily totally lose the game and they get blown out, but I think like it's like it just feels like more of the same in last year. And the Giants are kind of just hanging around. It would almost be like a redux of last year for both teams. It's like the Giants are hanging around. They're hanging around. The Giants didn't like go out and smash teams last year. They always just kind of like they were able to stay in the game. And at the end, they were able to kind of just outlast their opponent and not make as many mistakes as them. I think it would so, be something like that.
1: So if you recall, the last matchup between these two teams was kind of close, like for the most part. Um Thanksgiving, until, right? Yeah, until it wasn't. So um, New York got out to the 3-0 lead. Uh, Dak had the interception, whatever. And then Dallas scored. So they were up 7 3. Then New York's up 10 3. Then 13 3. Um, and then Dallas took the lead. Um, that was the halftime score. I'm thir- thir- sorry, 13 to 3. to 7 was the halftime score. There was a lot of like, what are you doing? Playing with your food, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then Dallas took the lead and never looked back. 14 13, 21 13, 28 13, just kind of this like barrage. Um, and so. I, I think, and I think you think that the Cowboys are a significantly better team than the Giants. Like we talk about the how many months have we talked about oh, the NFCs, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Niners, in whatever order. I mean, the Giants are not in that cut, and I would offer they're not even in the second cut, right? Like the second mm-hmm. cut might be like I would put the Vikings there. Some people would put the Seahawks, Seahawks. Or whatever. Um, they're, they're they're not even in that cut. Is my point but so like if you're and it is week one so you do have to offer that qualifier but if you're playing with your food a little bit I mean don't do that just go out smash them get out of town get a road division win in your pocket and go home be happy
2: I do you think the stadium will be juiced I think there's you know some of course more they buzz will. this is been. the
1: most excited Giants fans have been in how long that's, and mean, that's not
2: nothing I mean I think we saw some of that with the Lions last year like the Lions crowd I think was so much louder than anyone expected it didn't help them in terms of well the Eagles won the game but um, things were getting close there towards the end and I think the crowd was kind of like definitely giving that Lions team some juice if that was a road game I don't know if they fight their way back into the game like that so I do think that's a factor as well I could see the Giants making it a close game what's the line again minus three I mean, I'll take the Cowboys, but I do. I'm going to take the Cowboys as my lock of the week because I think they're going to win. But I do think it could get a little. I think it'll be a game until the end. Is how I put it.
1: You are taking them as your lock of the week.
2: I'm going to take the Cowboys to cover so, as my lock of the week, but I think it'll be a game that's decided late in the game, very late.
1: Um, so I'm going to offer um some like team building ideas uh for us for the nfl show um i think that we should only be allowed to lock a team once on the NFL All year show. like a, yeah like we could a
2: survivor league pick basically right well
1: you can you can so for anyone who's unaware on fridays with steven we pick every game that is. i disagree
2: this is about making money
1: <laughs> well i know but like we can we can workshop really this good with, last year we can workshop this with steven maybe it's not once maybe it's like i want to help the listeners maybe it's like three like times last year you know, maybe, maybe it's like three times again we can workshop it with steven but like i think that makes it challenging you know what i mean because you can't you, you can't just like
2: ride one team's coattails well something. i kind of have that rule in place we had it last year like you can't do it repeat weeks the point i know of
1: that. all i'm saying maybe once a month you know what i mean like you can only so mm-hmm. this is your cowboys lock of september or something like that so again no. we'll talk to steven um, um i'm gonna yet. I'm gonna take the Cowboys too. I'm not gonna lock them up. Uh, but three points is easy, I think, against the Giants. Should be easy. So go out, do it. And then next week we've got Eagles Vikings. But next week, I've been trying to make this a thing. Um, the Cowboys are starting their season off Sinatra style because they play the New York Giants and then they come home and play the New York Jets. So the last thing you need, by the way, is to drop this game and then come home and have aaron Rodgers show up especially if they get the monday night football win and they're one and zero, and you're zero and one and then all the zero and two talk don't put yourself in that position
2: could also be in the spot where like you know if things go well with the eagles and against the patriots and then they're able to beat the vikings you're going into that sunday already knowing the eagles are two and zero. right so like it's like okay the pressure's on we've got to keep pace and then yeah if you lost to Rodgers, it could get like, that's a that's a panic scenario quickly
1: also like from a cowboys angle so Phillies. um well, Philly's third week is at Tampa. So kind of a you know, easy game, obviously. But Theory. Cowboys Cowboys week three is um at Arizona. So you get this win, you go home, you focus on Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. You know what I mean? Like you're in a strong position to start off three and all. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to look at the season in little sections like that. Um, so just get through the Arizona game right now. So um, very, very, very excited to see Mike McCarthy's offense. So we're both taking the Cowboys. And right now we're gonna take something else, and that is a break to hear a word from our sponsors.
3: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
4: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge? That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make
1: what you close your eyes and see
2: when you close your eyes right now i see <laughs> the fact that you can't look at the season in chunks rj you have to look at it one week at a time the next game that's all we're focused on we're just preparing for the next opponent and then after that it's the next one And after that's the next but it's all one at a time we, have, we want to go one and oh this week that's the goal here um okay
1: that's uh super cliche and lame but anyway uh before we get to the commander's game I wanted to tell you something or uh, kind of bounce something off of you so the Washington Commanders, speaking of those Arizona Cardinals they are visiting them and the commanders are the biggest favorite of the week within the division they are seven point favorites um so I saw something in the Washington Post I read it on Sunday night and I wanted to just discuss it with you so Neil Greenberg wrote this and he referenced Brian Burke's um he did this several years ago for ESPN and it was like an aggregate way of it was like a formulaic way of determining which coaches were on the hot seat. And there was, I don't know if you've ever read this before, but it was like um, the playoff drought, playoff wind drought. And all these things have like quantifiable, you know, elements that you can kind of effectively create a formula to discern which teams are on the hottest of hot seats. Uh, So that being said, um, this formula spat out. uh, Josh McDaniels as the coach with the second hottest seat He's at 62%. Who do you think is number one?
2: Hmm.
1: Um, I don't know. Well, I who are we talking about? Uh Ron Rivera. 88% chance oh. of being fired, according to this particular study.
2: I mean, I don't think his seat is hot to me. Like, that's not how I think of it. I just think like it's it's not that it's hot. Coach, so he's, he's yeah,
1: it's well call it what gone. you want, but like that's what I'm In saying, call mind. it what you want. Because like and some so like part of what impacts Ron Rivera's like formula is the new ownership, right? And things like that. So like again, he's they it's not that like he's got one me, foot I'm out the door
2: Someone who, like has boom bust like has a chance to actually save their job you know what i mean like if they do well they'll keep it like, i don't really know that that's the case here like, that doesn't really i mean obviously unless they're, i thought it does i thought well. it was
1: interesting i thought it was an interesting way to quantify how the likelihood of ron rivera leaving how, whether you believe that's like because of pressure or whatever you know what i'm saying so I like
2: mean, this is it, most likely you know head coach to be fired first he's certainly you know up there but again, part of that is just baked in because it's a new ownership and there's no commitment to him. Right. They weren't the people who hired him. So and that's unique. You know, there's not many coaches who are like that. There's some, but there's not many who are like that. So anyway, uh, what is it like to have to root for Jonathan
1: Gannon as an Eagles fan? Because you want oh. the commanders to lose. Um, uh, so you've got to root for John Jonathan Gannon went from like again around Christmas time, like you loved. You know, I understand that people were that's kind of wearing thin on on the maybe people not love, but like at least enjoyed to like Public enemy number one. Like, like, the the leap from that to that, only Chauncey Gonder Johnson took a similar leap over the course of the offseason. Uh, but nevertheless, Eagles fans rooting for Jonathan Gannon's Cardinals who won't name a starting quarterback, Brandon, mm. because it would be an advantage Uh, for the commanders Reditive to have.
2: advantage, baby.
1: Yeah. Um, I just don't, there's no way that the Cardinals have a shot here.
2: None. I would think not, because... They're not really trying to win in terms of the bigger picture. Obviously, the players are going out there and they're trying. They have jobs to compete for it, but not a good roster. Who, yeah, who is the quarterback? The fact that you don't know the answer to that question is a major red flag going into week one. I think Josh Dobbs again gives you a chance to win like a given game and can do some things. But and I know he has some familiarity with the coaching staff. RJ left the screen by the way for the audio listeners. I don't know where he went. Um, he actually left a while now he's back, but, um, I was saying RJ that you don't know uh, the
1: quarterback that freaks you out.
2: You don't know the quarterback. And also I know that like, he has some familiarity with the coaching staff from their time together, um, with the Browns or like the Browns, so, what well, the, the Cardinals offensive coordinator, or whatever, like has a background with the Browns. I don't think they were both there at the same time, regardless, even if that's true, it's not like Josh Dobbs has a lot of like time to practice with these new teammates and like develop a rhythm and chemistry and those players. And like, that's not good.
1: This is the Caleb Williams tank. Like I'm not the first or the five millionth person to say that, but like, that's clearly what's happening here. I mean, this is not an attempt to put out the best possible version of yourself. If you're the Cardinals, I mean, um, I'm kind of happy that people are kind of coming around to the Cardinals being this like loser organization. I've, I've said for years that the Cardinals are pathetic. Like the fact that they put Carson Palmer in the ring of honor is one of the most pathetic things that I've ever seen a franchise do. Like It's really
2: sad that Larry Fitzgerald played his whole career there.
1: It's incredibly sad. It, but that like all the Cardinals do, ironically, is take the Larry Fitzgeralds. You know what I'm saying? Like the players who were like really great somewhere else and then like let them have their like kind of swan they retire in Arizona you know what I mean like yeah, oh the yeah, weather's nice yeah. and the golf's great like
2: I mean the weather's really hot but you get my point like it's not cold you should have been on the Steelers at one point you know go back to Pittsburgh really should have happened at one point even late in or, his career just or the Vikings there. it would have cleansed him you know from the loser yeah. stench of the Cardinals to like an actual respectable NFL organization um, um
1: I I saw a tweet yesterday. I'm working on pulling it up because um, I tweeted the matchups for every team in the division. Um, this scenario, this situation has like commander's blowout written all over it. And then the national media is like, I don't know, man, watch exactly. out. Oh, Here it was, uh, uh, here, here was. It was from Gabe Farias. Uh, I hope I pronounced that correctly, uh, whose uh, handle is rhyme for a dime. Uh, he tweeted at me, he said, Commander's going to thrash the Cardinals week one, like 28 to seven. And everyone is going to be like, oh, my gosh, Washington might challenge for the NFC East title.
2: Conveniently forgetting that the Cardinals are a tanking team. That's totally going to happen. Well, I was going to say, as if everyone hasn't also been saying that the Cardinals and also it'll be like, well, I know the Cardinals are bad. but Still, Washington looks pretty good.
1: I do think still,
2: something... in the NFL, nothing's free. And you know what I mean? Like, oh, I totally agree. I still think there there is something to there being like similar to how there is when a head coach gets fired and the interim head coach comes in and that bump you see sometimes it doesn't really last but it, it happens for at least one game and I do think you could see that here in the owner effect I do think there is like a sense of relief and a weight off the a lot of people in the organization not just the players but also like the coaching staff and everything and feeling like okay maybe we're not great but there is actual like opportunity here now if not necessarily even with this organization but with another one like there's 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 a brighter future now and i do think that weight will kind of be lifted off and this is the commander's first sellout at home since like when i don't know since <laughs> rg3 in the playoffs or something i don't know but point being that there are going to be seemingly a lot of fans there and excited and juiced up for a new era Uh, It's not quite the new era in terms of, you know, a lot of pieces have yet to be in place. I think for the long-term, although, you know, maybe Sam Howell can prove he's something. We'll see, you know, this is a nice opportunity for him. It's a really good start to the season for him. I think to settle in Um, Terry McLaurin being unsure makes me, you know, a little uh, anxious, but I mean, you still have John Dotson there. I think Mm -hmm. they'll figure it out just fine and I will take them. What's the spread on this game? Seven. That's a big, I know the Cardinals are bad. That's a,
1: it's a big line. It's a big line. Yeah. I'm, but I'm fine. I'm fine taking it and and just being wrong. You know what I mean? Like I, I would rather not believe in the Cardinals at all. What are you putting your faith
2: in? You know, that's the question. If you're going to take the Cardinals in that it's, spot, you're just it's saying more
1: like, the. It's more the Cardinals being terrible and Sam Howell being serviceable and Jahan Dotson carrying the way, even if Terry McLaurin can't. Like, I mean you know like who like you said we don't know who the quarterback is for the cardinals but the commanders do have a solid pass rush like you know what i mean like it's not inconceivable that they could have like four sacks and one of them be a turnover or something like that like that seems pretty
2: par in my mind speaking of pass rush i think chase young isn't necessarily a lock to play
1: yeah he's um man bad a good situation yeah um i mean i don't know it's Depressing, I'm sure, for Commanders fans. I mean, it's it feels like I don't know. Chase Young started to get like to me give off vibes of like trade candidate at the deadline for like a team who's like in sore need, like hope, like playoff contender, like. Couldn't you see the Steelers like oh man say, like like just bring him over here and
2: like we'll figure it out and you know blah 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 I mean it's possible there was but, some buzz about that the Steelers being interested in him this offseason I could see them buying low on him and then naturally him being like not like a all world player like he was supposed to be but like a, you know like a decent role player at least um,
1: I did want to get one last thing in on the Commanders it isn't related to this game but I don't know if you saw this um, on Tuesday morning they announced uh, coaching promotions did you see this did. Juan so Castillo there were, among there, there them. Were, there were four promotions, including Juan Castillo, who is now former the running game coordinator. coordinator. Uh, but, well, former Eagles shame. offensive line coach, and fantastic one. Uh, yeah. Former Texas A&I Javelina. I don't know that yeah. I've ever told you this. My uncle uh, was roommates with him in college. I think he did. At, at yeah. Texas yeah. A&I. Everyone uh, had nothing but nice things to say about Juan Castillo as a... right. As a... Yeah. Um, so, but Adam Schefter, uh, added a note to it. I don't know if you saw this. He said old ownership would not green light <laughs> these promotions, but that's it remained, but it, well. But, but he said, but it remained on the top of Ron Rivera's list. Once the sale closed okay. and now it is done. presuming all that's true. That's like really good. A job like and without a shock like really good of Ron Rivera to get that done like he's again a very good person very good human um so awesome of him to take care of his guys um again I know the name Juan Castillo is not a popular one um in Philadelphia Eagles lore anymore but you know cool story um so just thought that was interesting that uh, allegedly previous ownership wouldn't greenlight promotions why like
2: because they'd have to pay them more money like so <laughs> I stupid yes which that's believable because they wouldn't want to do that but also it seems almost hard to believe from the standpoint of it can't be that much and also there's no cap space on coach spending and how much more could it be really in the grand scheme of things for a billionaire owner but then again again he also cut costs at every turn embarrassingly so
1: so we have then all three um the eagles cowboys and commanders winning so the only loser in the division being the giants so then our predicted order that we will discuss the teams in next week will be the cowboys commanders because mm. they'll have the nfc win um and the eagles would only have an afc one and then That's the true. eagles and the giants wow, wow. shuffling of the deck anything Exciting. else yeah anything else we have to get to? yeah like why
2: don't we get into some uh quick season prediction stuff for the nfc east um, so do you cause you know, it's like, obviously we're going to cover them every week, but let's, let's go on the record now before the season starts. Say so what we think could happen. Um, who do you think is going to win the division?
1: Uh, I'm going to pick the Cowboys. Um, I, I so you mentioned predictions. I, I mentioned I did that on Monday football Monday. So everyone should go listen to that. And I picked the Cowboys, mm. like I mentioned. Uh, so I'm taking the Cowboys and a lot of that is belief in the Cowboys, but a lot of that is belief in regression for the Eagles. And regression doesn't mean like to the opposite side of the spectrum, but they were just so amazing last year. Plus, we love to talk about the has been a repeat winner in the division in 19 years. Like that's working against them. Um, so, and plus, the Cowboys with Dak have generally played well against them. And so, if those games matter, you know, seismically, um, I think they'll lead in Dallas' favor. So, I'm going to take the Cowboys.
2: I'm going to take Cowboys as well. Wow. I think it's going to come down to, I think both the Eagles and Cowboys, I think it's going to be very close. I think it's going to be like Cowboys 12 and 5. Eagles 11 and six or it's the same record and it comes down to like some silly tiebreaker, like strength of victory or something like it. I think it's going to be the point being, I think it's a very narrow margin of separation. You think
1: they they live up to the hype as both being contenders and they just happen to play in the, the same division. Right.
2: And I think it's a matter of just like it's it's splitting hairs it's like very mm-hmm. close I, I think it's going to be the closest division title we'll see in years in terms of what decides it again i think maybe even coming down to some like third tiebreaker thing or whatever i think it's going to be that close and um so i think they're both one two i think they're, they're both the playoff Giants. teams yeah and then i think it's it's dallas philly new york Washington for me. what do you think the cowboys how do you think their season ends
1: i mean so it was somewhat of a, like, Homer perspective on the NFL show. I picked them to win the Super Bowl over the Bengals. I mean, I think that they're as equipped as they happen. Like, to to be – like, to put it in, like, real terms. like. And I, so I think that, like – I think the same ceiling exists for them as does every team that isn't the Chiefs. Because the Chiefs have a higher ceiling than everybody, obviously. So, like, they could totally win the Super Bowl. They could totally make it to the Super Bowl or make it to the NFC Championship game. Like, they, there's an, there's no – reason that you can see right now to me that like inhibits them or the Eagles or even the Giants to a smaller extent of being able to do that so I think they're a playoff team and presuming nothing crazy happens they should they should be in the mix
2: yeah but I'm not asking you what you think can happen I'm asking you to make a prediction what I, I think that was season in I think that they what's the final game I think the final game is the Super Bowl okay do they win the Super Bowl
1: yeah I told you I made I that so they beat the
2: Bengals in the Super Bowl
1: that's yeah. my NFL show pick
2: all right. Uh, my pick is going to be the Eagles win the Super Bowl. Hey, how about so, that? Oh,
0: Crazy.
2: A, who uh, do they I beat? do I think there's so much working against that, including, you know, being in a division where there's another top looming threat and you can't even necessarily definitely win your own division. But there's something different, I feel like, about Jalen Hurts. And there was something different about the Eagles last year. And it's a different year. But typically, when the Eagles aren't expected to be good, um, they are, and vice versa. And they kind of broke that a little bit last year. I wonder if things are changing a little bit in that regard. And the Hertz has something to do with that. Um, so I'm gonna lean into it. And even though it's hard, I think it's a little bit um not fair to the Eagles if you're just gonna be like, well, they're definitely gonna get worse and blah, blah, blah. Like we we talk about that stuff. I don't know if we proportionately talk about how still have the best quarterback in the conference, still have AJ Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard, still have a great offensive line. They'll have a great defensive line. Are they a flawless team? By no means. Do they lose both coordinators? Yeah. But did they also replace them with some people who are very much considered up and coming, especially in the case of Brian Johnson? I think Deshaun Desai is a little bit more of an unknown, but in Brian Johnson and the offense, I think ultimately kind of matters more. I think they're really good there. And I think there's a lot of reason to believe in those things still. And, I can't say it's, like, I believe it beyond a shadow of a doubt just because of the nature of the NFL being so unpredictable right. and zany and crazy, but I do legitimately believe that that's their ceiling, and I saw Jalen Hurts, with my own eyes, like, play amazing in a Super Bowl and feel like he can win a Super Bowl, so I'll go with it. Uh, I don't know who they beat. I'm going to say they beat the Chiefs. They get revenge and That, w-
1: that would be so
2: Chiefs. boring. I mean, like, on, like if not they're going to win the Super- Eagle no, i
1: obviously not for Eagles fans, but like that, w- I would hate that any year. Like, you know what I mean? To have like the same two teams, that would be so boring. Well, like,
2: we, we would need the rubber mats at that point. We would I need true. a third straight one just to see who's the true champ. But, but even so last year
1: featured the exact same AFC championship game in the Niners in the NFC Championship, So like of the final four, 75% was the same last year. You know what I mean? Like, that was so boring. Like, it's always nice. Like, like the Bengals were so nice when they just like showed up, you know what I mean? Out of nowhere. Like that's always like a lot of fun. Sure. Uh, so it would be boring, but I understand that obviously it wouldn't be for Eagles fans. Okay. Um, okay. So we've both established long-term picks for the seasons for teams. And obviously the division as a whole, I think we should do some, some NFL superlatives, but with okay. regards to the division specifically. So, Defensive Rookie of the Year. I think you're going to take. Um, who? Uh, obviously, you're taking Mozzie Smith,
2: right? Yeah. I mean, you don't even believe that.
1: No, I mean, if I have to pick one within the division, Jalen
2: Carter is the pick that makes and the most Jaylen sense. Jalen Carter could win it. Like he might win the, the actual award.
1: It's tough. Um, although didn't Quinnen Williams win it as a defense and Aaron Donald? So Not I mean,
2: sure. there's I precedent. Mean, um, he's a good. He unlike a lot of other players though like he's on a good team you know what i mean when well, like a, a good visible team a really bad t- team so i think he's going he, he could if yeah if, well assuming the eagles are good he has that potential of more uh national attention because of that and the eagles are gonna be in like a billion times they only have one, th- three one o'clock starts this year which is wow. very tough three what a bunch me. of losers the cowboys that's, only have two so that's very hard on me Yeah, but you're also in the central which is like a little bit better not uh um, world's difference but it's a little bit better but um
1: it's the same time though that the game happens like whether it's at one eastern or noon central like it's the same time the kickoff stay up
2: as late as i do
1: okay whatever anyway um so we both have jalen carter's defensive rookie of the year my offensive rookie of the year pick within the division is jalen hyatt
2: i'm trying to think i'm trying to to think of like who are the luke scood your boy who else would it be um i like chris rodriguez but and also, sort of the folks at Hogs Haven, as I mentioned. But if you I wanted
1: don't... to do, like, I always find it interesting how baseball allows, like, rookie of the year voting. You know what I mean? Like, uh, to play. It's, I don't know the exact rules. I need to ask uh, John Stolness. But, like, sometimes players who have played in Major League Baseball are allowed to win, like, rookie of the year. Yeah, um, we're so, not like, doing that. That's no, no, football. no. So, like, like that would be the only way you could say, like, maybe Sam Howell. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. No. But, um, no. but, no, that's Jalen no. Hyatt, I agree with you. I'm just... You you asked a question. I was.
2: Answering. I think it has to be him, like by default, almost. We've talked him up enough that, like,
1: be. if we don't pick him, then we're just stupid. You know what I mean, so, I just don't know who else it would be. I mean, Deuce Vaughn is technically an option if you think okay, that, that there's like a, sure. a renaissance there. Um, but I'll I mean, go with Jalen Hyatt. You're right.
2: That's probably the best bet. Uh, defensive Player of the Year is clearly Micah Parsons. I mean, how many <laughs> players have more sacks than Hassan Redick since?
1: I would. I,
2: I. I've said this before, though. I would not take
1: Micah to win that. Award. Like, I would not take the bet to win that award, uh, because he's the favorite. I mean, I would not put money on it right now. I think Hassan Reddick could win that award. I don't know. Like, he's legit think, chance. No, I think like his season last year is working against him. Because like to win things like that, you have to like generally outperform yourself. Like, it's hard to be. It's hard <laughs> to have like, like a
2: less impressive individual season and still win the award. He went from 12 and a half to 11 to 16 and he, then he had three in the playoffs. I don't think that's, I don't, I know, I but think, it, if he I has he like be a 20 sack a year guy, I think okay, that's within range for him. My point is if he has
1: 13 sacks, it's just still an impressive season. It's the argument is like, well, he had 16 last year. That's my, that's why it's so hard. Yeah, to but get sometimes
2: one. you need that previous year to actually Defensive like get more player respect. of
1: the year in the division, Micah Parsons.
2: I'm going to say Reddick. You don't believe that. You know you why not he's been awesome he's <laughs> so been you, very good so if you had to bet on, on micah or
1: hassan reddick you're going to bet on hassan reddick yeah. you're not just lying to me now you're lying to, you're telling you want to make the listeners money more and you're going to tell them who, to bet on hassan reddick
2: who's been more impactful in the postseason
1: okay so who are you gonna you're really gonna do this just so everyone knows why it's not right, that crazy okay, that's thing. fine that's hey Again, it's your it's two it's your players with more your the more since 2020 the listeners will hold you accountable I'm good with. I, I'll be, the, you think I'm not going to lose a, a wink of sleep tonight over this. Like I'm, I'm at peace on this. So, um, offensive player of the year.
2: <laughs> I think the contenders, really
1: the contenders for each team offensive player of the year. I actually would say Phillies contenders Devontae Smith.
2: I don't want to do like the. Let's can we just take the quarterbacks out of it because that's not like. No, I yeah, this is do... this is
1: generally like the uh, Mark Scogill said yeah. this on the show. It's like the best wide receiver, effectively. Uh, so my uh, my suggestion no... for the. Well, I think I think the DeVonte Smith glow up year is is coming. Like I that, that's i it's not a slight against AJ Brown. I just think DeVonte is amazing. So, I think DeVonte CDs the contender for the Cowboys. Uh Darren Waller would be the option for the Giants and I guess Terry McLaurin unless With Jahan awesome. Dotson passed him up, you know, on the Commanders. But or, yeah, AJ the- Brown is obviously a factor. I don't think Brandon Cooks could do enough on his own to win the award. Um but again, if you're going to win like that award, you have to have like a, a statistical season to back it up. So it's difficult to imagine like, you know, two te- or one team having two like 1200 yard receivers. I know it happens, but like it's just, it's not likely, is my point.
2: Yeah. There could be a scenario where, let's say, Terry McLaurin's injury kind of is more nagging and an issue. And mm-hmm. then Dotson just like kind of emerges and is like as a huge, even though the commander's not necessarily being good, but like, there's a scenario where even a player on a not great team could win this because they're just so dominant with the volume that they get. Right. Like if if Hadassan is like you know like I don't know it's a reason, it's a high but reasonable number. Like what if he 1500 like, yards, 1500 yeah, yards like this, and like 16 or something, and 18 touchdowns, something then, like that. Yeah, he could be that guy even though if the Commanders aren't like the number one team in the division. But um, not counting on that as the most likely thing, but saying it's within the realm of possibility. And this is a tough ward because there's a lot of legitimate contenders. I think A.J. Brown is, like, the best offensive player in the NFC. And I love, love Devontae, but I think Devon, A.J. is that guy, and I'm just going to have to lean with him. I don't
1: think that's a bad direction to lean in. Um, it's just, again, to the logic, so he had he four yards shy of 1,500 last year, 11 touchdowns. I mean, that's just so hard to beat.
2: Well, you, know what I mean? you say that, but the Eagles were also in a lot of scenarios where they were, like, running so much late in game. They, they went one of the lowest passing – uh like game script things in terms of they were just they got up so much that they so a lot of fantasy people are expecting for example jalen hertz's passing volume to go up just because they're by virtue of they're going to be in closer games this year and i think you sure. can see that manifest with guys like aj brown as well i think you could see their volume actually increase just by virtue of being in closer games
1: i think that the aj brown pick makes the most sense but again i think Devontae- we're going to I, yeah, odds. I think he's, he's the, like if we lift favorite. if we laid out odds, he's definitely the favorite. But I I just think that Devonte will eat into it. You know what I mean? It, again, it has nothing to do with AJ. It's just he's such a great secondary yeah. option. No argument for me. Uh, they're, um, they're both very great. I would I would say AJ Brown has to be the favorite. But again, the the stellar season of last year works against you. That's my logic on a lot of things. Um And Devonte, I mean, and
2: AJ. I I think if if you had
1: to place a bet on. Hypothetical odds, Darren Waller might be the one because like he's going to get a ridiculous amount of targets. You know what I mean? Like he might be the one who has a statistical season to back it up. Yeah, like the Dotson thing, basically. Right. Well, except he just he doesn't have the Terry McLaurin. You know what I mean? Like going on. So, um, okay. So um, we did defensive player, offensive player. We need coach of the year and MVP. <laughs> and I think we're both like we know. I'm you're a- going to go with Sirianni, Hurts. Uh, um,
2: I don't know if I'm going to go with him for coach of the year. Because like the Eagles win protected win total, which I think is a factor, because that sets the reasonable expectation for what the team is expected to do, and then should be judged somewhat against that. The Eagles are what, like ten and a half, nine and a half, or something. So it's like it's it's hard for him it's gonna be hard for him to like go way over the expectation as much as I think he's more likely to just meet it. Um I think McCarthy is a better narrative going for him in the sense of like, you know, he's taking over. So like you know, if the Cowboys take any kind of step forward at, at all, even if they're one win better, it's like, well, look, we're now we're even better. Well, and to your consistent. point, like, if they
1: do, like, say they sweep the Eagles, you know, then it's like you knock down and they say they do win the division. Then it's you, you know what I mean? You, you took over the division from this amazing Eagles team, blah, blah, blah. Like, you're right. Like, people, people generally for awards like this tend to award the,
2: like, come upper as opposed mm-hmm. to the, like, fall right. downer. Uh, that's, that's what I'm saying. You're measuring things versus expectation. If you, if you perform as expected, you're not going to get really credit for that, even though the win total could be at a high number. That deserves a lot of credit. So we agree uh, it's yeah, Mike McCarthy. I think he is the best narrative because it, it can't be Dable because unless the Giants like win the division and they're they win 13 games, it can't be him. It would have to be that, and it's not going to be Ron Rivera unless – they win the division basically, which no one would expect. Yeah.
1: Um, okay. So then MVP, this, I think this is actually the tightest one. Like we've like, have mildly debated some of these things. And, but like, and whoever winds up having the season worthy of it is going to be mm-hmm. like, indic- it's, it will be emblematic of the way the seasons unfold. Like if Dak does, you know, get rid of the interceptions and just lights it up, with Brandon Cooks, Mike McCarthy's West Coast, Tex Coast offense, whatever, like obviously it's Dak's year, And the narrative I think works out for Dak to win MVP in real life, like the actual MVP, not the one we're giving out here. Because quarterback of the like if he's if the Cowboys are the one seed, you know what I mean? Like, I think like some people think they will be, like that works out really well in his favor. He's never won the award before, he's never really been closely in contention for the award. Uh, but similarly, if Jalen Hurts, you know, does it again you know what I mean like and it's like well it wasn't a flash in the pan like he really is if he keeps doing the goal line sneaks and everything like that like again I think then there I I this will not this is not at all intended to sound like some sort of slight sometimes I think there's like a bit of like making up for the people that the, the, the the like voters do with awards so I think people could be like well like he could in in that respect he could have a less statistically great season and the voters could be like well he really deserved the MVP last year and he didn't get it so let's go ahead and give him this one you know what I'm saying
2: The Joel Embiid MVP. (laughs) How appropriate for another Philly athlete. Tough for me to say, but it's true in some part. Uh, With Hertz, I definitely think the repeatability is like a big factor in his favor in the sense of like, well, Shane Steichen left, so it clearly wasn't him. And um, they also, let's say, they win 11 games. That's a step back from their total. But if the offense is still like killer and it's clear that like the defense – just fell off because they lost players like that's not going to hurt it's not going to hurt jalen Hurts. that's only going to help him like if they're able to be a really good team again with the defense getting worse then people are gonna be like well it wasn't the defense truly it was actually him and i mean if he just by virtue of becoming the first quarterback to lead a team to repeat in this crazy division like that kind of gets you the mvp
1: uh at least our mvp uh we'll see right okay context any other awards we want to hand out before or predict before we leave No. Um, okay, well, then it's time to add our songs to the NFC East mixtape playlist. That's true. Um, so Rachelle, as always, uh, got hers in early and as always delivered a banger. Um, she she chose forever and she wrote, she even wrote it out forever by Drake,
2: Kanye, Lil Wayne, and Eminem. Mm -hmm. Way to go, Rachelle. Huge song back playing like basketball in high school. You know, it was like a big warm up song. It was just a big song, I think, in like when I was maybe in like ninth grade, it's like 2000. Six seven ish around that
1: time, it's there with um till I collapse by Eminem. That's the like ultimate, another
2: huge high basketball, school basketball warm up song, yeah. I mean, um, I and
1: think not, they're probably still doing that. Not quite a warm up song, but like a listen to in the locker room to get hyped by yourself mm-hmm. song. Remember the name by Fort Minor. Oh, yeah. So
2: 20 percent, whatever. Uh, whatever. no, what it, it's 20 10 skill. I don't remember it to butcher it. I have to look it up now um
1: all right. right so hold up let me look this up so uh this is 10% luck 20%, 20% skill, skill 15% concentrated power of will <laughs> uh 5% pleasure 50% pain, pain yeah and a hundred percent reason yeah. to, remember, to, the to name.
2: remember the name
1: so like you're hearing that you're like okay like well five percent you know concentrated power that's not bad 50% pain like what the heck
2: so, yeah, um, of, wow. you know what
1: they uh, say? What do they say? <laughs> well, if you know it, I don't need to say it. Um, anyway, um, okay, so I'm gonna go with uh, a song I alluded to earlier, mm. uh, because I really want to drive home the point, uh, that the Cowboys are starting off the season Sinatra style, the theme from New York, New York. Uh, that's my song choice for this week. Again, New York Giants, wow. New York Jets. So, boom.
2: What a great, was, like, <clears throat> that's a great start. To a song. Makes sense. That's a good pick by you. Sinatra is awesome. Love Frank Sinatra. Um, I had to listen to that. So I went to New York. I think I i don't know if I mentioned this to you. I feel like I mentioned this somewhere. But I'm going to mention it again here. I went to New York with my friend Jess earlier this year, and I had us listen that, to that in the car on the way up. Because I had to. I had to set the tone. I had to feel the New York vibe. RJ, are you frozen? It looks like you're frozen. Can you hear me at all? hmm he's completely frozen and i can't hear him will he come back or will i just keep talking i guess i'm just gonna keep talking because it's rolling okay my pick for the playlist is a pump up song i don't want to go with till i collapse after hearing that but i cannot because that is not what i truly had in my heart uh, rj is messaging me on slack to keep going he dropped out of the chat uh he's saying he's having internet issues rachel can edit through some of this maybe i mean i could just give my song and i could wrap us up but i kind of want rj to react to my song so it's not very satisfying if i just say it Back. here you got this i need to hear your song i'm on a hot spot so make it quick and then we'll go also how does this work with the i so my song was Metallica's "Fuel," "Give Me Fuel," "Give Me Fire," "Give Me That Which I Desire." I felt like it was just like this energy, like pump up for week one. And uh, I did. I was thinking about Enter Sandman because also a great Metallica song, obviously the most well known. But the college football teams—was it Virginia Tech—uses that. I didn't want to like. I don't. I want a college football vibe. I wanted a different vibe, so I'm going with Fuel. Okay, um, then that's it.
1: The listeners are going to see and hear all of this. So Brandon, give them a word as we leave.
2: One word happy friday (laughs) nice
4: more to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder